When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? It's, it's dark. We're barking. It's uh, it's actually nighttime. So, you know, we're actually, you know, we're here with you live on a Monday night for the first time in a little while. Uh, if you didn't get the last show, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jay Groose. And uh, the month of January has already flown by. Dry January is over. <laughs> I've done. I think uh, I don't know. This is uh, the dastard, the dastardly month or the bastards month. If you want to go for the two weeks or something, whatever we're in now, not the gentleman's month. Uh, the step month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You uh, you made it eight days. So, no, uh, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about it the other night. Um, we had some friends come over that we haven't seen in forever. Seems like. And, and, uh, one of my buddies, he brought over this um, extremely nice, extremely expensive bottle of rum and uh, dark rum. And he was like, man, you got to try some of this on the rocks. It's unbelievable. And he was not like, what was it? Uh, I can't remember that it was, it was, was the bamboo. No, it had like three to, it had like a something day, something, you oh, know, yeah. um, it kind of honestly it reminded me a little bit of a tequila name. Have you had the bamboo? Never had it. No, it's really good. Really vanilla. Um, yeah, I, I, I dig it. This was this wasn't sweet at all. It had a little bit of spice to it, and it was more like a uh, it was more like a very mild bourbon. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was really good though. It didn't have a, have a lot of vanilla notes in it, but uh, um, yeah. So I just wasn't even thinking about it. And I was like, oh wow, I forgot we were doing dry January. I, I've never, I, honestly, those things have never really spoken real big to me because I don't know. It's my, you know, I'm not, I go, sometimes I'll go like two or three months without drinking and then, you know, then I'll pick it back up and I may drink every day during the summer, it seems like. So, yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of uh, two to three months off <laughs> in a long time. So um, I'm, I'm kind of doing it. Honestly, I'm just doing it as a challenge, man. See, I, just to push myself, uh, try to do something interesting, something that I've never really tried. You know, I've, I've always kind of shit on dry January. I'm like, ah, come on, right? you know, who, who knows, but you know, being sick, it kind of got me uh, started off doing it, and um, I just kind of let it roll. Um, it's been interesting so far, man. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm bored. Um, <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm really, really bored. Um, I'm saving a lot of money, though. I know that. You ain't, you ain't much fun since I quit drinking. No, no kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm saving a lot of money, and uh, I've been really, I've been sleeping real well. Um, that's been one of the big things. Uh, that's been a huge change, actually. Fine, I'm sleeping through the night. I'm sleeping consistently. I'm waking up pretty rested in the morning. So um, good for you, yeah. man. I mean, I told you it's it's probably this is no shit. That's probably the longest that I have been without it since I started drinking when I was like 18. So 
um it's uh it, it's it's you know i who knows we'll see maybe uh maybe we've turned over a new j cruise a, a new a new sober j cruise i did yeah know. maybe we can get you into some uppers now <laughs> yeah um, right <laughs> uh, all right, so the national championship game is going on right now. We're watching it. Um, I believe Washington is trailing 17-3. I'm actually not watching it. I don't have cable. Oh, okay. I don't I don't have any way you to bet, watch you, it. Were you trying to you think you're better than me? I no, no, I I I can't find what I've been doing all year. Um is I've been uh you know, going to the YouTube and searching the lives. And uh, typically, there's a, one of those uh, streams out there, but um, I haven't uh, been able to find one today. So, you know, I'm going through all these back channel websites. I'm sure I'm giving my computer no telling what kind of uh, virus uh, by going to some of these shady ass websites. But um, I, to me, it's not a, a super compelling game. I mean, I get it's the final college football game of the year. Um, I understand that. But I just I don't know, man. It, it doesn't do a lot for me, this one. Um you know, Michigan's got the villain angle and then Washington. I'm a little perturbed with Washington, too, because they're part of the whole demise of the big or the Pac-12. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't have a lot for any of these teams. I mean, I do like Michael Penix and I, I like Kalen DeBoer um, uh, a lot. But uh, otherwise, I'm, it just doesn't hold a hold a lot of intrigue for me. Well, we got some news today for Georgia, some big news um, and there's a lot to unpack here, man. So Georgia lands Jaden Maiava, okay? And that's how you pronounce his name. It's not Maiavia. I'm sorry. I wish it was. Me Jay too. Bruce and I both wish it was. Me too. Um, but his name is Jay Ma uh, Jaden Maiava. And uh, listen, I, I've, I've spent the day kind of going back and looking and, and checking and seeing what this kid looked like at UNLV last year. And he looks good, man. I mean, he is a very he's a he's a big, athletic, strong arm quarterback. Um, he has absolutely the tools, but um, the caveat comes with a guy from UNLV is can he handle it in the SEC? But Roos, I got to say, man, the thing that talks to me louder than anything else about this commitment is he turned down an opportunity to potentially be Miami was in it, right? So potentially be Miami starting for everybody. Yeah, to potentially be Miami's starting quarterback early to bring it down to USC so he could compete for maybe the starting job at USC or absolutely positively compete only for the backup job at Georgia this year. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to say about that. You just don't ever see it. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to, to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I say that as somebody who – has watched him all day long, and I think he's a really good player. No, I can't wrap my head around it either. Um, I don't know what this says about – I don't know that it says anything about anybody other than just the kid, right? I mean, I don't know that it says anything about USC or Miami or any of that stuff. It, it might, I guess. Um, you know, there's – like I said, Miami's in a weird situation because it feels like they have been involved with every single person who's been in the, the uh, portal at quarterback and just haven't been able to get any of them. Um, meanwhile, USC, like you said, you're, you got the potential to compete for the starting job there and just doesn't feel, I mean, it, I, I don't know why you don't go take that shot. Uh, look, I, who cares? Right. I mean, the kid's a good player. He's a really, really good player. Georgia lands him and should be thrilled to do so. I mean, I, Dylan Riola, right. Great player in high school. This kid's proven. I mean, he's the, the Mountain West freshman of the year. He's done it at a high level already. 
and uh, kind of proven his metal. If you got to swap those two out, I'm probably taking the Mountain West freshman of the year uh, at, at quarterback, no less, um, if it's me personally. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea that what they're doing is, and I wrote a column about it, 850-something snaps uh, under his belt. Gunnar Stockton has 55, you know, so – I mean, you've got a balance here, right? You've got one guy that's played a lot of snaps. You've got one guy that's got a lot of reps in this system and practice. Um, it's no given that he's going to win that backup job. Um, and it's no given that, that you know, uh, you know Stockton is, is going to be able to overcome um, Maiava's experience. You know, Maiava got a few snaps this year against Michigan when UNLV played them. He played against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he got off to a really good start. He threw for 300 yards a couple times, threw for 250 or more yards, like six or seven times. So he, he had a good year. Um, but, but I, I mean, listen, I, I think it's a no brainer. If you can add a guy like this, I'm just more surprised that they were able to add a guy like this. I agree um, completely. Yeah. And, and, but one of the interesting aspects of this too, to me at least is the fact that, um, and I'd almost forgotten about this until I started diving back in on, UNLV but he's he's been coached by a guy who has a lot of experience in the SEC and Barry Odom I mean obviously Barry Odom's a defensive guy but I mean that's been his head coach so he's going to be used to some of what that is right need I mean, to need to confess real quick I had no idea I did I didn't know I didn't know you didn't you probably didn't know where Barry Odom was no I mean Barry Barry Odom could have been in NASA yeah, I, he could have been in the he could have been in Biden's cabinet, and I wouldn't have known. Sure. No, he's uh, – yeah, Barry Odom um, left uh, – I believe it was – he was the last the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, I think, prior to uh, his time at UNLV and um, and had been the head coach at Missouri prior to, prior to Drinkwitz. And, um, so, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, steps to this whole thing. I, I think that that's an interesting aspect. I don't know how much that actually means, but, I mean, I'm sure Barry Odom's a hard-ass coach, and I'm sure he – he coaches up guys tough, and uh, I, I think that that's an interesting caveat to me uh, to all of this. I, I, but it says so much about the kid, really, in my opinion. We talked about that on the board a lot today. The fact that he would be willing to come in and basically sit behind a guy who, um, you know, is going to be considered one of the probably one of the front runners for the Heisman next year at the same position um, is really telling. And I think that's not only telling of who this kid is. But it's telling of where Georgia is as a program as well, um, that they would be able to attract a kid like this and that he would have that um, he would have that mentality. I, I think that that's something to be said for the program as a whole, something to be said for Mike Bobo and his approach to this. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's a killer pickup. I, I don't there's no other way to to really sell it. Feels like it came together so quick, too. Yeah. And for you cotton skulls out there, um, I, I love you. I love you deeply. For a few cotton skulls out there, this does not mean Georgia's not going to pick up a defensive lineman or two. Okay. They're, I they're love still that somebody asked that on the board. They're, they're still out there hunting. Defensive lineman. Love you, cotton skulls. You guys, we, we, we're like we're kindred spirits. Mine's not very, very firm either. I um, I think that's what we need to start calling our our loyal viewers of, uh, yeah, the, of cotton Mark after dark. the the cotton skulls man yeah, yeah I like the cotton that. skulls <laughs> cotton tops um that's what we need yeah for sure all right we got a couple questions here somebody asked and I've lost the dang question already 
Um, somebody asked me what our favorite drink was. Uh, mine is a ranch water tequila soda and Topo Chico. Um, that is my favorite drink. I don't know what yours is. Ruth's probably a good double Imperial IPA. I'm not a big, I'm not a big double guy. Uh, big 17 and a half percent beer wine. Yeah, no, no. I'm uh, I, I like a good 7% West coast piney as hell IPA. I want it to taste like tar, man. I, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. The more hops, the better. I'm looking for the most bitter thing I can get my, uh, get my lips on. So, um, mm. but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big beer guy. Um, that's definitely my advice. If I'm going to drink liquor, uh, I'm typically a vodka and Sprite guy. Tina, uh, Tina okay. specifically. You like a bourbon every now and then too. I do. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not discriminatory. I, I like a good shot once in a while. I mean, I'll, I, shit, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Your bomb. If you set one in front of me, I would do it. Uh, you know, I have a propensity for the O bomb. Um, yeah. of course, bombs, bomb, bomb. Um, um, you know, yeah, I like a good I rum, uh, even tequila once in a while I'll mess around with, but, uh, so I'm not discriminatory. Um, but I do, if most of the time, if I'm drinking, I'm drinking a cold beer. Yeah. We go through the tequila pretty, pretty hard around here. Alabama defensive coordinator retired. That would be, uh, Kevin that Steele. would be, uh, what's his face? Kevin Steele. Um, do you think they will go after Glenn Schumann? I don't know if they'll go after Glenn Schumann or not. I really don't think they'll get him. Um, if they do, I think T. Rob's probably going to get promoted at some point um, to their defensive coordinator job and and maybe be the defensive play caller, make some more money. I think he's up next. Um, Christopher Black says he had some Pappy Van Winkle this weekend. I had Pappy. I had Pappy when I was in New Orleans one time. I had Pappy fifteen, if there is one, or twenty or something. It was the cheapest Pappy they had, and it was thirty dollars a pour. Um, uh, uh, it was it was okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure the the good stuff's a lot better. Um, all right, Bruce. I'm not at the national championship game. I really don't. I mean, that's not really about Georgia playing or Georgia not. I'm just not there, and I'm sad because you've been there, and there's a lot of energy in that place. And um, you know, the the at Lucas Oil, it was it was tremendous. I thought last year was even better, and I know I wasn't one of those people that was getting rain blown onto me. Um, from from inside of there, but I tell you what, I did do after that game. I I, I went on a I went on a journey through the bowels of uh, of. Well, I remember this. Yeah, yes. that's you were in a cabana. You were in a cabana. I was in a cabana. I was. <laughs> I took a shot with one of Floyd Mayweather's people. That's right. He was that's like right. he was like he handed me one, and I was like, yeah, I just threw it back, just kept moving, you know. Um, so it was, Floyd had already jumped out of there. I'm not a big fan of his anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, man, that was wild. I, the funny thing was, is I went through a cabana and then it was like, they joined, right? And sure. so I was going from one to the other, to the other, to the other, to see if I could find a way down to the field. And it took a while. I mean, it, it, it really did take a while, but how did you, you guys how did out you there, if you've never been to a national championship game, try to get, try to get to one, try how to get how did you feel they compared? Obviously, I didn't go last year, um, but I mean, I was at I was in Indianapolis. How did you feel that those two games compared? It was it's so tough, man, because one of them was kind of a. You talk about the venues, well, just in general. I mean, the whole experience. Well, obviously, the one in LA was so much more enjoyable because, you know, you you're you outside, um, huh? You could go outside <laughs> because yeah, the, I mean, well, I mean, it was still raining and very cold for LA. It was very atypical of LA, but it was more enjoyable because it was a blowout game and it was looser and you could get a lot of your work done before it was over. 
the game started, the game kicked at like 445 local. And so, you know, you think three and a half hour, you know, game, um, you know, a couple of hours after the game and we're having a media, we have a media party after every, you know, after every bowl game, every national championship game. And there is a massive, massive media party. You remember the one at Lucas Oil? Oh, it's incredible. Or, or you remember the one for in, in Indiana? Well, there was a, one just that bigger, bigger in in Los Angeles, and uh, and we're in there at like ten thirty, as opposed to two in the morning. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh man, let's go, let's go. <laughs> we had a great time, dude. It was it was phenomenal. Um, that one to me was a lot more fun. It's just you, like you said. I mean, it, you could at least go outside under a shelter in in Los Angeles. You couldn't even. I mean, it was five degrees outside, ten degrees outside in Indiana. Yeah, you, had Indiana that week. you had to stand those hamster tubes that they had running between all the uh, the, the buildings um, in Indianapolis. I mean, I, let me ask you this uh, because I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know that if, how I felt about this. Did you ever really – did you think you'd ever get to do it, though? Did you ever think you'd get to cover a national championship? Like, when you got into this, like going back to the no, – I mean, no, not really. Um, You know, I mean, I, I, it happened pretty quick for me after getting on the beat because I think my first year actually covering the UGA beat was 20 – it was. It was 2015, like day-to-day. And that was Rick's last year. So, I had that year and then the next year. My third year, I covered a national championship game. Now, yeah. it was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and it, it was somewhere that I'd already been just a few weeks be- just a few weeks before that. Um, so it wasn't like a totally new venue, but I mean, did I think I would ever, you know, honestly, my, my first kind of, oh my God moment was, was probably Notre Dame in 17. And then it was the Rose bowl. And then that national championship game was something else because I remember standing outside in the rain for 90 minutes while they took the dogs inside of, uh, while they took like, German Shepherd and Belgian Malinois inside to to sniff everything because Donald Trump was going to be there. You know, funny story. I was actually um, I stood about 15 feet from Donald Trump. I was trapped in the uh, on-field bathroom um, and tried to exit. And uh, uh, I opened the door and I there was like a hand waiting on me. And uh, it was the damn secret service. And they were like, hey, you got to stay in there. And I was like, yeah. why? And I looked over. I was like, oh, shit, that guy's right there. All right. Cool. Should've, you should have grabbed a secret service agent and got you a selfie. With <laughs> yeah, I don't know that they're I don't know if they're allowed to do that. They might be like those fuzzy hat guys at Buckingham Palace. Man. Yeah. You can't really mess with them like that. Like the, like the agents in the Matrix. Yeah, Mr. right. Mr. Right. Anderson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was so that so but. That national championship games, even being in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is not my favorite venue because I just get to go there a lot, um, was was still electric. I mean, it was absolutely electric. Um, but then, you know, just being around Lucas Oil Stadium when all of that went down, get a chance to go down onto the field. I mean, you remember me, you and Palmer, um, you know, kind of just neandering around the building because it was like, you know, that game started so late. It was East Coast. It was 1 o'clock. Nobody was reading anything. So we're down there just – you know, picking up anything we can find and pulling shit off the walls. And, <laughs> yeah. Folks, Palmer stole this banner. He <laughs> stole this banner. There was a, uh, it is, it is, it, it probably weighed 60 pounds. It's like 30 it was, feet long. It was 20 feet, 25 feet long. <laughs> And he was walking with it all like discombobulated through those hamster tunnels that you're talking about there at Lucas Oil. 
and unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I've got it in the room over there. He's got it in the room room next door. Do you have have his entire apartment with it? No, it is not hanging up. It would Uh, would cover about the entire apartment, like you said. Now, look, I wasn't ashamed, man. I started grabbing shit. I, I did. Well, the, well, the, I, I, the guys told us they're like, "Hey, man, the more you steal, the more we, the less we have to <laughs> take down." Yeah, I was happy to help them. We found a guy um, who gave us. Uh, we found a guy who gave us some game worn gloves. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, all of that was going on. It was a it was a pretty in, incredible experience. But I just I'm just sad that I'm not there um, because Houston, I think I don't know though, man. Houston, like I've never been to Houston. So I, that's kind of why I, I wanted to go. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, talk poorly of it, but it, it's also somewhere I've never like sought out to go. Um, I've never had much uh, interest. I, I, I should take that back. I've been to Houston once that I can uh, recall. And it was uh, my dad and I went, I flew into Houston. We had dinner and then we went to see you two at the NRG uh, stadium where they're playing the game. And then we flew out the next morning. So I was in Houston for like 24, 30 hours, something like that. Um, so it was super quick. But not a not a city I've ever just, I don't know, that I've wanted. Maybe I'm wrong. If, maybe somebody in the comments can correct me and tell me Houston's one of the great cities in America. Um, I've always figured it was like kind of humid and nasty because it was like not that far off of the water. And um, I mean, it's a big sprawling ass city too. I know that, so. Well, I've probably got the type of dog wrong, but the Huskies need to watch out because they are very close to getting their ass beat like they're in the Iditarod. <laughs> no, that is the that Well played, my friend. Because uh, I don't really know. I, I didn't know if it was a Husky or an Aikida or, <clears throat> or what kind of dog that was, but it's getting uh, – it's getting close, man. It's getting close. And, you know, listen, I thought one of the differences in this game, now that we kind of move into a little bit of a watch-along part of the show um, – I thought one of the big differences in this game would be kind of Michael Penix's accuracy um, down the field because, I mean, it's just – man, I swear to God, every time I've ever watched the guy, whether it was in Indiana or Washington, he's just – he's got dudes with a step or a half step, and he's just laying it in there, and, and they're catching them. But uh, he hasn't had I'm those opportunities. I'm kind of hoping he's a Falcon. Yeah? I, I would not be upset about that. I'll be honest with you. Penix, he's got, he's just got the juice, man. Like he's, he's a guy, he believe, you know, he's got a lot of confidence in himself. He carries himself really well. Like you said, I think he throws an incredible ball. Um, I, I'd love to see him in Atlanta. Um, they're going to have to get this whole coaching situation figured out, but um, the, the doesn't matter who that is. They're going to need a quarterback. And so I, him, Jaden Daniels, they've got some good options this year. I, I'm excited. Let me tell you the Falcons thing to do would be if if JJ McCarthy got into the NFL draft. Jesus Christ. The Falcons oh, would make their make their pick wherever it's at, and then they'd trade up late first round and grab JJ McCarthy. Probably what we'll do is we'll help you guys out a little bit and take off all that Russell Wilson money, trade with you, take on that that damn albatross, and then give you our first round pick. I did Russell Wilson wrong, man. I agree. I Russell agree. wasn't Russell wasn't bad this year. Listen, I tell you what, I, I don't really get into the whole coaching thing. I, I do, I do love the Broncos, right? And I don't get into the hating on the coaches thing. But I tell you what, Sean Payton's a full blown asshole. I agree. I think so too. I, I mean, I've I've never like I, I guess I just didn't follow him enough whenever he was in New Orleans. But and listen, he may win and I'm gonna what, I'm gonna lose the logo, but Sean Payton sucks. I think a lot of what happened for him in New Orleans was 
I think he was. I think he was then who he is now. But I think that uh, he had Drew Brees to offset that. Yeah, you know, Drew yeah. Brees was like man of the year. Like, and not to say, Russell Wilson's that guy too. I mean, like he's you know, missed. He, he's he's a uh, Russell's a little plastic. He is. He is. You're right. I, I can agree with that. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I I think that I think he may have always been that guy. Yeah. Sorry, you got to deal with that. At least you don't have to deal with Arthur Smith. Like we do, Nicholas Cage, man. Oof, boy, boy, how did that guy? Didn't hey, uh, what's your take on the whole Jameis Winston punching it in on uh on the? Uh, on the <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I mean, I don't. I, I think I think it's a shitty thing to do. I don't think you should. I, you shouldn't do that out of victory formation, guys. I agree. That's how guys get hurt. Um, yeah. That, so that's a stupid thing to do. Do I think it's funny? Yes, I do. I think because and it's a very Jameis Winston thing to do. You know what's I mean, funny like, is is all of this happening within the NFC South. Sure. Because several years ago it was Greg Schiano's Tampa Bay Bucks that were playing defense during the during the victory formation. And yeah. now you've got the Saints trying to punch it in on the goal line for victory formation. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought it was pretty low brow. I'll be I'll be honest with you though. I've enjoyed listening to Jameis try to try to James, dude, James is funny. Um, I, I'm like, I don't know what he's gonna do when he gets done playing. Um, I and and honestly, this could be it for him, right? It, I mean, like, I, I could see him getting cut over this. And does somebody else want to take the circus on? I don't know. I mean, he's had these like little blips throughout his career, even dating back to Florida State and some of the stuff that went on there, right? But I mean, I, I hope. I hope there's a future for Jameis Winston in broadcasting because he's – the guy is – he's hilarious to me. He's so funny. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Well, I, I agree. You can't, you know, drop the – right in the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't do that on TV, but uh, he's uh, – My favorite thing from him is that, that post game he did, it was during – it was right after COVID where there were social distancing and interviewing at the same time. And he's like, uh, um, you know, he's like – he goes uh, – you know, you just you just got to you just got to stay patient. You just got to stay patient. And let the game come. You just like my trainer was saying the other day. What, what was he saying? <laughs> he just said stay patient. He just said stay patient. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of did, the best. He's eating dude. the W. Yeah. When he's eating the W, yeah. dude, like that. The guy is a lunatic, man. He's, yeah. He. I. I find. I find him to be highly entertaining. I saw and, that. And, I saw that one time without sound, and I thought he was. I thought he was like doing mankind. I thought it was like the mandible claw. <laughs> I thought it was like doing like he used to do, you know. Like I mean, it was it was so strange. It was so weird. Um, this game's getting close to halftime. You know, a few more minutes in, in the half. But uh, people are probably need... starting to wonder: Are we going to have a guest again at some point? The answer is yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure, we're going to have a guest. I thought about trying to get Rusty on tonight, but uh, everything got so hectic in the in the hour hour or two leading up to. Um, you yeah. know, us getting going that, you know, with the, with the Mahava edition um, that, that I didn't get a chance to ask him, but uh, yeah, we're going to have some folks on. We need to get Bernard on again, Justin Williams' dad. That. Um, I, I want to talk to him again. Um, been been kind of keeping up with him lately and see if you can give us an update on how the boys are doing um, since they, yeah. uh, since they got to Athens. Um, Andy Staples, I believe, is the only two-time guest we've ever had, except from Andy Staples and Mad Godwin. Yes. So we need to start circling back on some of these guys. We talked about Ben Baby last week. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we've talked about getting Chuck Dowdle on here. 
Um, Chuck Dowdle's going to undoubtedly have some great stories for us. Gonna, I mean, um, you're gonna give me a little starstruck, man. Chuck Dowdle, yeah. my dude, man. You know, hey, Chuck, hey, listen, man. Hey, you know, funny thing about Chuck Dowdle, and and we'll probably talk about this if we ever get him on. But one of the finest, most crowning achievements in my life is I leave I leave UGA one day, and my wife's like, "Hey, so when I lived in you know kind of Winder, and I used to have to drive through Statham to get to kind of the backside of Winder, and um, I was headed home and there used to be this, you know, we've talked about it before Chen's family restaurant. It's a, it's a Chinese restaurant in Statham, the family owned joint. It's fantastic. So I stopped there and I walk in the door and there's Chuck sitting in the chair waiting on his, cause Chuck lives over at Georgia club and it's just right across 316 from there. And Chuck's sitting there looking at his phone and I walk in and I say, Chuck. And he goes, ho, 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 Jake Rowe, my man, how you doing? And, uh, oh, my God, dude, I you, I could have, I, dude, I could have died right there. I was just like, oh, just Chuck, man. Chuck likes me. Chuck's my dude. And, he, you know, we got to talking. He was like, hey, come on over to Georgia Club. You can play anytime, anytime. Connor, Connor Riley, we say no to that. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We'll have him on there. Hey, I would like, you know, maybe we could get Coach Pruitt on here. We could we could get Coach Pruitt on here, maybe. Jeremy Pruitt? Yeah. Jesus I think we could get JP right. on here. I want that so badly. Uh, can we please do that, man? I would yeah. love nothing more than to get Jeremy Pruitt on this show. I, I would be interested in making Jeremy Pruitt a, a permanent co-host of this show. Yeah. To be honest with you. Hey, boys, what are we doing on here tonight? <laughs> Y'all, y'all oh, me tell you about the time I recruited Marcel. Or you tell me about the time I recruited. Uh, who's that? Uh, who's that defensive end that played at Florida State for him? The Walker kid. Uh, what is that guy's name? He plays in the NFL. Uh, but he uh, followed Pruitt to Florida State. Marcus. De- Marcus I think it's Walker. De- huh? Is it Demarcus Walker? It may be Demarcus Walker. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, man, let me tell you about the time I recruited Demarcus Walker. Yeah, he was committed to Alabama and then uh, uh, changed to flip to Florida State. That's right, yeah. Something like that. That'd be great to get some stories on that. Coach Donnan, man, I'd love to get Coach Donnan on yeah. here. We've got Roddy on, and, and maybe yeah. maybe Coach Donnan could come on too. That'd be a lot. of Dude, Coach Donnan used to tell the greatest stories on 960 The Ref in the morning. One of my favorites was they were recruiting a kid from down in Florida and down around Miami, and he Coach Donnan went up and – had his meeting with the family that night and he said, coach, I'm going to Oklahoma for sure. I'm definitely going to Oklahoma. Apparently coach Donnan slept in his car outside the kid's house that night. I think something just to kind of make sure he was going to sign with them the next day. And uh, coach Donnan said he got woke up the next morning to Howard Schnellenberger tapping on his window. Like, hey yeah. man, just sign with Miami. We're about to go <laughs> celebrate at McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, Oh, wild, wild west, man. I mean, it's people think it's wild now. It used to be wild in its own way then, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, you ready to uh, – you ready to jack off? Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. All right, what you got? Um. Well, I went first last time, so why don't you hit me this time? All right, all right. Sorry, meet Nosh. That's all good. <laughs> I'm going to go football-centric on this one. All right. Themed. Most memorable non-Georgia national championship game you can ever remember. The oh, one you'll the one you'll never that, forget. For me, that's kind of an easy one. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's it's Miami Ohio State. Um, okay, that was such a great game. Um, my dad is a huge Ohio State fan. 
Um, so I was tuned in for him. That that Miami team was ridiculous as well. I mean, just so loaded with talent. And obviously, the unfortunate thing, what I always remember about that game, is Willis McGahee's leg turning yeah. inside itself, dude. For sure. And I, that, that, for me, was like the first time I'd ever seen an injury like that. Um, you know, I was – I just couldn't believe it. I, I had – I'd watched football, but that was kind of like when I started seriously watching football. So that was like, you know, uh, ninth, tenth grade, um, roughly, and – um, that was a game I, I don't think I'll ever forget. There was just so much talent in it. It was a, it was a great ending. And, and also my dad, uh, uh, great story. Um, after Ohio State uh, pulls it out, uh, he starts um, – my, my uncle lives in Detroit. And uh, so my dad has the area code and first three numbers of, uh, uh, for Detroit. And so he starts – he's drunk and he starts calling people – in the Detroit area, just using, just using those numbers and <laughs> adding four random numbers at the end. And he just starts calling people and, you know, chanting for the Buckeyes and stuff. He said, everybody was really cool about it. Uh, it was really positive. And, you know, they were like, yeah, good for you guys. Way to go. Way to pull it off. <laughs> One of my favorite stories from my dad uh, is, is messing with the, uh, Michigan fans after that game. That's that, that is a good one, man. I'm, I'm going to say my most memorable and honestly, I can't – I think it was 99, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was 99. was the Michael Vick versus Florida State mm. national chair. Man, you want to talk about just absolutely electric. Um, just all that running around, uh, trying to make something happen. Florida State sacked him like eight or nine times, but he tried to keep him in it. I mean, Michael Vick got Virginia Tech to a national championship game and then found a way for a few quarters, for a couple of quarters to to basically scare, you know, Florida State a little bit. And those Florida State teams, man. Bruce, do you remember those? Do you remember those, like, 90s Florida State teams and how dominant they were? A little bit, man. That was a little bit before my time. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Just freak shows like like Peter Warwick and Andre Wadsworth and Tamrick Vanover and – um, what I do oh remember, God. Peter Peter Warwick. Um, what I do remember from, uh, but uh, and I imagine, you know, I that was like I said, it was a little bit before my time, but I was, I mean, I was locked in with the Falcons when Mike Vick came in, dude. And I can only imagine in college what that was like seeing that. Yeah, guy. I mean, just, I mean, he was able to do that stuff to professional athletes, let alone to other guys in college. That's I, I I'm sure it was really something to see. Yeah, and and honestly, you know, he his red shirt freshman year was tremendous. His red shirt sophomore year, he kind of stayed banged up the whole year, so it didn't really pan out for him. But I mean, oh, I mean, he's unbelievable. I mean, anybody that wants to compare anybody to Michael Vick, I'm just like, I'm sorry, man. Just nobody's quite like that. Nobody's oh, yeah, quite like he was as a red shirt freshman. One of a kind. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you this one. Um, we've talked a little bit about guests here. Who would be your dream guest for Bark After Dark? Who would you Who would you really love to get on here and just get to shoot the shit with? I mean, obviously, we're not grilling anybody on this show. So I, I'm curious who, if Jake Rowe could pick somebody out, who would you like to have? Hmm. 
I shot my shot with Shannon Sharp on Twitter one time. <laughs> that would be I'm awesome. Shannon, I'm a big Shannon Sharp guy because I'm going to guess Shannon Sharp doesn't have a lot of time for us, given how well the Cat Williams interviews do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm telling you, God, I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to have a percentage on how much truth Cat told in that. I'd love interview. to have Cat Williams on the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, Cat Williams on the show would be great. Um, it probably wouldn't be Shannon Sharp. Um, Honestly, as much stand-up comedy as me and Palmer watch on the road, uh, when when I, I mean Shane Gillis would be oh. pretty, it'd be pretty awesome to have Shane yeah. Gillis on here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it would be it'd be pretty great to have to get him on here and just goof off. Um, you know, somebody like Tom Segura. Um, you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it would probably have to be. A, I mean, listen, I went and saw that Chappelle, you know, thing, and and the only problem that would get me with Dave Chappelle is I would work. I would worry if we got him on here and he got bored with us that he'd just start clowning us. And I would love that. I don't know if I would like that or not. I might cry. <laughs> what about um, what about a '90s country? What if you had to get somebody Ooh. from that? Who would you like to interview? That's. I mean, it's a different thing to say who's your favorite. Who would you like to talk to? 90s country, huh? Yeah. I'll even accept late 80s country. 90s country. Lead singer for Sawyer Brown. Be pretty cool to oh, get on here. That would, yeah. Get I think that guy it. suffers from the same thing as um, Hootie, you know? Yeah. Like, they're probably like, Sawyer. You know, yeah. like. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe get the whole, get, maybe get all the Confederate Railroad on here. Oh, Talk about the Boy. first time they ever, first time they ever say, uh, uh, performed. Um, I like my women a little on the trashy side. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, George Strait's iconic. I saw, I saw an interview earlier today with Taylor Swift, um, and she said that like back in, because she had played, she had opened for George Strait like in like 2006 or 2007 or something, and then like in 2009, she was headlining her own tour, and. George Strait like came to her before the show and was like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, you know, like she, he just appeared like was, I mean, you know, maybe out of a lightning bolt or something. I That's how he does. Yeah. No, no, she, she said he just he unannounced, didn't tell her he was coming. He came and, and he was there like as she left her, you know, dressing room or something, he ran up with her and he was just like, put his arm around her. He's like, Hey, I just want to tell you good luck. And I'm really proud of you for, for, uh, for uh, getting a chance to headline your own tour. You've come a long way and I'm proud of you, you know, and, and she's, I mean, she's told similar things about Kenny Chesney about how he was supposed to, she was supposed to go on tour with him. Um, but, uh, but there was a lot of alcohol going on, like a, a lot of alcohol sponsors and she was only 17 at the time. So they had to take her off of the tour. And like late, like later that year, Kenny Chesney just brought her more money than she had ever seen in her life. It was like, Hey, I know you got knocked off the tour and, you were expecting that money and you needed it. So here you go. Um, like, I mean, she's had a lot of people be really good to her in that industry, but um, that's neither here nor there. George Strait would be hard to pass up. Garth Brooks um, I might would have to drop a where the bodies G. Um, okay. <laughs> <I'm scared. laughs> One of my favorite, one of yeah. my favorite theories out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of guys, man. It, it, the '90s country thing makes it really difficult because I hadn't even thought about that realm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it would, it would be it, somebody '90s country or uh, or probably um, or or probably com comedy. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I could go, for, I could go for either one, man. We're gonna have to branch out into that at some point.
Yeah, we definitely will. I don't know if anybody wants to listen to it or not. If anybody's got any connections to some 90s country uh, artists, um, please pass their uh, contact info on. We'd love Anybody, to Leroy Parnell and How Catch Him or and Up, you know, like, I mean. How Catch Him passed away, didn't he? I uh, maybe. Yeah, I believe so. I believe maybe so. we can do a still out there. Joe Diffie we lost too. That was a shame. I would have I'm not opposed to doing a uh how catch him Ouija board. <laughs> Seance to bring yeah. how catch him back. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. You could probably talk me into it, but uh that all right, it looks like uh looks like Washington. Let's give one last update here for uh the people who are tuning into us tonight. It looks like Washington has gotten into the end zone with 42 seconds left in the half. Probably breaking some FCC violations or some FCC rules here. Deep drive to left from Castellanos. Holding on the defense. So here we go. It's a one score game with 42 seconds left in the half. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We, I mean, we've a couple hundred people, 150 people listening, watching us tonight. I'm sorry for wasting your time. Um, <laughs> Another another episode of uh, Bark in the Dark is in the books. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning, me and Rusty Mansell, um, the guy you all really want to hear from. And then uh, you can hear from him again on Thursday when we when we do it again. So uh, for this episode of Bark After Dark, I'm Jake. He's Jake. Y'all go watch that national championship game or get some sleep. Rope, rope. Hoo.